I will now contemplate Moore's paradox as to statements made by myself. I. I know it is snowing outside, but I do not believe it is snowing outside. And let us assume we do have this private mental state that is belief. How do I know what it is or did I am in it? For sure by saying the words, I believe. Now let me have this mental state without saying these words. What is the difference between this silence and the silence of not saying any other words? How do we have unstated beliefs? Let us for this moment have unstated beliefs. How is the silence of unstated beliefs any different from having an unstated anything else? None that I can tell. How are my unstated beliefs any different from unstated wants, desired wishes, or intentions? Again, no difference that I can tell. They may be there, but unknown to me. That may be true, but unless they become known to me, they will remain unknown. When they become known, they are no longer unknown, but known. Sure, we can talk about unstated unconscious beliefs, wants, desired wishes, and intentions, but only once they are stated and we are conscious of them. The meaning of the words mental state of belief, knowledge, intention, and many other words do not involve action, but are completely dependent on the words used and and the usefulness of those words. Without the words, there is no mental state of which we can talk. There is no need for the words mental state other than as a shorthand for a family of words that that do not involve action. Mental state is Wittgenstein's beetle in the box discussed in prior episodes in the philosophy of language. It is something that everyone has, has a word for, but no one knows what it contains other than words. Words are as real as sense experience in their own, with or without associated other sense experience. It is tempting to assume that the words must involve something other than being said, but there is no reason for this assumption. The grammar of the statements, it is snowing, but I do not believe it is snowing, or it is snowing, but I believe it is not snowing, are the same regardless of whether they are made by me or by someone else. However, there is a difference in meaning. When I say it, I can have no doubt as to what I believe and am asserting, just as I can have no doubt I exist while I am thinking. When someone else says it, I have no clue as to what they believe or are are asserting other than the words used. In both cases of myself saying it or of someone else saying it, the words or grammar of the sentence are the same. The absurdity results from the fact that I cannot use a private language to describe that of which which I have no doubt, but only the form of life that is a language which is public. Quotation mark, when I think in words, I don't have meanings in my mind in addition to the verbal expressions. Language itself is the vehicle of thought. Close quotation mark by uh, Ludwig Wittgenstein at his Proposition 293 in the Philosophical Investigations. He goes on at Proposition 329, For if I need a warrant for using a word, it must also be a warrant for someone else. It is no more essential to the understanding of a sentence that one should imagine something in connection with it than one should make a sketch of it. Close quotation mark. Further, Proposition 510, make the following experiment. Say, it's cold here, and mean it's warm here. Can you do it? And what are you doing as you do it? And is there only one way of doing it? In Proposition 511, What does discovering that an expression doesn't make sense mean? And what does it mean to say, if I mean something by it, surely it must make sense? If I mean something by it, if I mean what by it? 
One wants to say significant sentence is one which one cannot merely say but also think. Further, at Proposition 512 of the Philosophical Investigations, it looks as if we could say word language allows of senseless combinations of words, but the language of imagining does not allow us to imagine anything senseless. Hence, too, the language of drawing doesn't allow for senseless drawings. Suppose there were drawings from which bodies were supposed to be modeled. In this case, some drawings make sense, some not. What if I imagine a senseless combination of words? Considering the philosophical investigations and our prior, my prior contemplations in the prior episodes, hopefully this will lead you, lead you to the conclusion that voluntarily believing what is false is not nonsense. That is, it is not undefinable words that cannot state a logical possibility, mere sound without sense. Such statements make sense, especially in the area of the most important epistemic norms, those dealing with knowledge of ultimate value. I can make a leap to believe that rape, murder is wrong, while fully acknowledging that this statement may never be proven to be true, nor that it is true. For further contemplation of this issue or to refresh your memory, if you have listened to the Philosophy of Language episodes, I suggest you listen to the Philosophy of Language episode on the private language argument, on Wittgenstein's private language argument. The false belief that we have a private language of private mental states is one of those false beliefs that does not lead to knowledge but leads to ignorance. Understanding the private language argument is the key to so many things, including the key to understanding how one can have knowingly and voluntarily have false beliefs and how knowingly and voluntarily having false beliefs can lead to knowledge. This is not just theoretical, but it occurs all the time in science, as we discussed, as, as I contemplated also in the prior episodes dealing with the philosophy of science. Uh, for example, just quickly, the ideal gas law. Uh, everyone knows that the ideal gas law is false because there is no such thing as an ideal gas. Yet this false belief works to achieve pragmatic scientific truth. In short, belief and knowledge and perhaps even understanding are completely different concepts. 